0: Of the outfield talk yet? You know, the good way to end all outfield talk is if someone besides Brian Reynolds just, you know, establishes themselves as even okay because that has not been an inspiring group so far this season. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf, flying solo today. And yeah. The outfield might be flying solo the way things are going at the moment. Before Tuesday's game, Gregory Polanco is placed on the injured list. The Pirates have not said for what. They were able to add Hunter Owen, who is not on the 40-man roster, to the roster without a corresponding move. The only way you can do that by placing a person on the injured list is if they are on the 60-day I.L., which Polanco is not, or if they are on the COVID I.L. And even though the Pirates cannot say because of HIPAA, what's going on here? There are a whole lot of breadcrumbs there. There are a whole lot of breadcrumbs that it's COVID-related for Polanco. Hunter Rowan, not exactly, you know, a, a traditional outfielder or even a traditional prospect. I mean, he, he busted his butt. 25th round pick was the best hitter in Altoona in 2019. Went up to Indianapolis, got hit in the hand. His his results stunk in AAA as a result. But, you know, like, take take the AA into account of, like, hey, you know, that's the big level. And he absolutely crushed that pitching. He got a shot. He was invited to the alternate site in April. He was invited to Major League Spring Training as one of the last players there. He left a good enough impression, was brought on via the taxi squad. It it, it should be a happy ending of like, hey, here's a 27-year-old guy who was working at a golf course during the shutdown for extra money. And now he's getting a chance at the major leagues. This should be a happy story. And in his third at bat, he gets hit in the hand. And it's a contusion right now. They're going to reevaluate during the off day Thursday and look at it in general. But he might be down for a little bit. Or at the, at the very least, can you really go go with him in the field right now whenever you have so few position players? Can you really have a guy who's not 100% on your bench whenever you have an, only a four-man bench? So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Hunter Owen. If he's A, healthy enough to play. Or, you know, there's just nothing structurally to happen, because again this happened to him in Indianapolis. Got hit in the hand and that was basically it for him. All his power was sucked up right there. So we're gonna see what happens with that situation. But he was already the ninth different outfielder. The pirates have used this season, and man, it looks like number ten might be coming sooner rather than later. If if Owen has to go on the IL. Because the only true two outfielders that they have on the roster are Reynolds, who has been really good this season. Like he finally drove another one out on Wednesday, but he's been making hard contact. He's been spraying the ball. This is look like 2019 Brian Reynolds. This is the Brian Reynolds that was as advertised from that year. It's it's a good bounce back. You know, just write him into the 2022 lineup. And that's really important because the Pirates He's the only one that you could do that for right now. The only other one is Ka'e Tom, who... He was a Rule 5 pick who was designated for assignment. Like, maybe he could do something, maybe he could be something, but we, we can't pretend that, you know, this guy is a big-time player at the moment. He's He was a Rule 5 draft pick who was designated for assignment. So if it's not Tom and it's not Polanco and it's not uh, it's not Owen, Philip Evans could play a little corner outfield. But we we've seen Evans start to cool off. I there's still been some barrels, some decent swings in there, but the results have really tapered off. Wilmer Defoe, Wilmer Defoe is a utility infielder playing in the outfield. Yeah. Hey, that that's an emergency situation. So who is it next? Who is it next? Who could it possibly be next? I mean, the only guy who's on the waiver wire right now, unless I'm missing something, just scrolling through what Major League Baseball's transactions page is at the moment, is, is Ben Gamble, who is 28 and, frankly, at best a fourth outfielder. Which, right now, with the Pirates situation, you know, a fourth outfielder would be a definite improvement because that guy at least warrants a major league roster spot. You know, in some cases. Like, Ben Gamble, things have to be pretty bad for him to get a whole lot of starts, but, you know, they kind of need to put that claim in. Just because they need someone. They need Because if it's not him, you can't go to Travis Swaggerty yet. As tempting as it is. After just a couple games in AAA to go to Travis Swaggerty. He had that great opening day with the home run, three hits. You can't do it yet. He's, he's already skipping AA. He can't skip AAA too. Oliver, he's hurt with the oblique for at least a couple more weeks. I mean, do you dare look back at Anthony Alford or Justin Fowler? Not necessarily because... You know, it's time for Dustin Fowler to get that extra shot, but because you just need someone. And and they're in AAA. And you know what? If you have to cut ties with them, you've already designated Dustin Fowler once. You already went, you know what? If the if someone else gets you, they get you. Out of the two, I think Alford still has more potential than Fowler, so I'd be more inclined to keep him in AAA. to see, just if... He can get his stuff together, but <laughs> it's it's not gonna look good if they have to go back to Dustin Fowler already. There is no outfield depth. There really there really is none. Like in the minor leagues, there's Swaggerty, there's Oliva. Pirates still are saying O'Neal Cruz is gonna play shortstop. I ah. Uh. I don't get it. He's going to play in the outfield. Just just transition him there. If for no other reason you have no one else in the outfield. Like Hudson Head is in Bradenton right now. And kid has got a lot of potential. But he's years away. That's just what the Pirates signed up for whenever they made that trade. Like he has a chance to be a top 100 prospect in the not so distant future. But he's going to take a whole lot of developing. And it's going to take him a couple years to get up to the major leagues. That was the trade off. Get them young. We'll develop them. That's fine. But what do you do about 2022? Because if you go into 2022 and the only outfielders you have are Reynolds, and Oliva, and Swaggerty, the latter two just not having any, you know, real major league experience outside of a cup of coffee for all of them. Presumably, a cup of coffee for both of them this year. I I just don't know how you do it. They need to add someone in the outfield. And not just, you know, a, a, a Gerard Dyson. Not just a, we claimed Anthony Alford. No, they need to add a legitimate outfielder for no other reason than they need the depth. Not saying they have to get this guy and sign him to a four or five year deal or whatever, but speaking of someone who watched a lot of two, grew up watching 2000s Pirates baseball like there's always a Jeremy Burnitz out there not saying you want Jeremy Burnitz but that's at least a ball player that's a guy who at least had a couple good years they need someone like that they need someone like that right now i i'm really they've played what 27 games at the moment there's still 130 something to go 135 in that range and and they've already exhausted plans a b c d and what what's o and e in the outfield i i don't know how much further you can go i i don't know what they're going to do if if heaven forbid in their for their sake if brian reynolds gets hurt what happens there in the outfield who plays center like, they really like him in left. The Pirates would rather have Brian Reynolds play left field. They think he's a potential gold glover out there, but he's in center field right now for no other reason than no one else can really be relied to play center field at the moment. Who who uh, who else is in the outfield mix? Who's the next man up if Owen goes down? Who's the next man up if, if Tom... If if Polanco's out for a while, they're just. This was always a group that had. They were throwing a couple players up against the wall, and they were gonna say, hey, Alfred, Fowler, Polanco, you guys have got a shot here. And I mean Polanco at least is replacement level at the moment. I mean it's it's a heck of a journey to get to replacement level between the batting average you know he's stealing a couple bases and there's some power and you know just it's a wild journey to get to 0.0 war but hey he's at least there that that by virtue if if you exclude what Philip Evans did as an infielder that makes him the second best outfielder the Pirates have used this year The Pirates need outfield depth going forward. They've got this great stable of young pitchers. They've got this great stable of young infielders. Pagarin Gonzalez, look what they're doing in Greensboro already. We might see them as soon as 2022. Infield looks set. Pitching looks set. Outfield looks like a mess. It needs to be addressed, and I don't think it can be just done internally right now. It's probably going to have to take an external turtle edition to just get through not only 2021, but just 2022, 2023. They need help there. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. No, the parts haven't played 25 games. That was their 30th game of the season. I don't know why I had it in my head they were 12 and 15, rather than 13 and 17. Sometimes the games just mesh together, even though it's still just early May. So sorry about that. About 132 more games to play. Seasons nearing the 20% marker. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later. And while we're talking about the, the 20% season marker, so far, the Pirates have hit, as a team, just 21 homers. That is the second fewest out of any team in baseball. Only behind the Mets, who have played five fewer games. They've hit three fewer homers, and they've played five fewer games. So, that that's comparable. It's... Not good, not good. Like Reynolds snapped a homerless streak for not just himself but just the team on on Wednesday. It was a good swing off of you, Darvish. Went the other way with it. It's just you know some pop. He's got twenty homer pop. Call Moran has twenty something homer pop. Polanco potentially twenty. I'd be hesitant to say Evans has 20 because, you know, utility player, but at least 10 or so. But it doesn't matter, though, because there is no big bopper. And not only is there no big bopper, there just isn't a whole lot of power in the lineup in general. Like Adam Fraser, Kevin Newman, Jacob Stallings, like those three players combined might hit 15 this year. And that's almost half your lineup. Not to mention whoever they put in the out in the outfield. You know, but, we, but we've been over that. Just how bad it's been out there. But they're on pace right now to hit about 113 homers. 21 over 30 games, that's .7. A game times 162, that's 113. That's not a lot. That is really, really not a lot. And that's not even really a product of the dead end ball. Like the dead end ball, maybe (laughs) the ball's moving, spinning differently, hitter's timings off. We just saw the third no-hitter in baseball already on on, on Wednesday with, with John Means and the Orioles. I don't know how many people could have pointed out John Means before the game. That he threw one. That's cool. <laughs> Again, that's three in about 30 games. We might end up seeing about, oh, I don't know, a dozen more this season at this pace. Which would be cool. Can a team win, though, without power? Can they win solely based off of swinging and getting base hits and playing old school baseball? And I am not convinced you can. Not reliably anymore. And the Pirates... They are in this real rut of offense. Four runs scored in four games, and it's it's bad. Not even a whole lot of threats. And I'm I'm not gonna pretend that a lineup that is you know Eric Gonzalez batted cleanup in that stretch. Okay, like I'm not going to pretend that you know there that the offense is struggles isn't tied to hey you know this isn't exactly the most potent lineup out there. But in a year where batting averages are sub-1968 year of the pitcher levels, the only real combatant to it anymore is the home run ball. That, okay, we're not going to get those two or three hits strung together for a run, but one bad pitch, that could be a home run. That's a home run. That's at least a run most of the times two guys are on base maybe a third like you could you could get those crooked numbers that way it's definitely uneven this is the most uneven league offense i think ever even more so back whenever no it was 2019 2020 with the super juice ball i don't think we're ever going to get to that level again i think major league baseball realized exactly oh okay maybe that was a bit too much Let's let's dial it back just a little bit. That's why they brought out this ball that they said, hey, you hit it 375 feet with the old one, this one's going to go about 373. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a couple percentage points on, you know, barreled up fly balls, how many of them are going to actually leave the yard. It's going to create a couple more in-play balls, either fly outs or doubles or whatever. That's not the Pirates' <laughs> problem, though. Their problem... They they wouldn't have a whole lot of home runs if the ball was flying those extra couple feet. There just aren't a lot of power hitters in this lineup. And is it viable in this day and age to count on your offense whenever they don't produce homers like that? John Baker, the director of planning coaching development, a.k.a. the farm director, new title, new role. He said in his introduction that he, not in a, we're going to play old school baseball because, you know, that's the way I like and We're going to ignore everything that's happened over the past decades. But old school baseball, In we're going to still use this new information. We're going to still use new coaching techniques, new technology, but we're going to embrace a little more about hit and runs and just Playing it just older school baseball in that regard. And yeah, you go, you gotta, the Pirates cannot succeed, at least on offense or on a macro scale, doing what everyone else does. There's gonna be some stuff that every team does, but the Pirates have to be weird. And this is a potential way for them to be weird, where everyone's hitting home runs, they're gonna be like, we're gonna play. It like it's closer to 1980s baseball. It's definitely different. How viable is that? Is this just a weird year in the same way that we look at the year of the pitcher? And how the league made adjustments. Will the league make adjustments again? (laughs) Maybe the removal of shifts or something. Lower the mound again. I, I don't know. But if it's really the lowest batting average ever, or at least since 1968, there are probably going to be changes coming because the league always makes changes for hitters. It's almost always in favor of the hitter, of creating more offense. And right now, offenses aren't doing well. The Pirates are especially not doing well the moment. If they had a little more pop, maybe things would be different. They got a little pop in the minor leagues. Travis Swaggerty is someone who has I would say above average raw power. I don't think that'll ever mean that he, you know, becomes like an above average home run hitter, but I think he could, you know, flirt with Brian Reynolds territory of like twenty or so. That's better than, you know, some of the other outfielders that the Pirates have trotted out. But I'm done talking about the outfielders, I swear. This is starting to get ridiculous. Maybe, Maybe someone else besides Brian Reynolds will emerge in there. Maybe they'll provide a little power and all this episode will be forgotten. Disposable media in that regard. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe here on DK Sports Radio. Get all your good shows. Jared Prugar and I we recorded an impromptu episode of Young Bucks. If you didn't check that out, because I went down to Altoona, I saw Contreras pitch in person, and man, that was some filthy stuff. (laughs) That was some filthy stuff. (laughs) I he's gonna go to he has to go to AAA soon. He's just going to absolutely carve up absolutely carve up those double A hitters, and it's not even gonna be a challenge. Like he could. He could purposely tell them, hey, it's a breaking ball, and it, it just won't happen. It just won't happen. He needs to go to Indianapolis, if not the majors, sooner rather than later to actually challenge him. Be sure to check that out. That was a special episode that we recorded uh, on Tuesday night. It was uploaded Wednesday. Regular episodes come up Saturday. We got a whole lot more of Pirates coverage and coverage of their minor league system. But for now, thank you for listening to the podcast we name later. We'll talk again next week.